0: It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. For the first time since 2019, it's Big Ten tournament time in Omaha after a regular season that saw Maryland earn a conference title. Kyle Charters here with Drew Charters for the Big Baseball Podcast on location. Well, at least for one of us. Here in the land of Lincoln and the home of delicious steaks, Omaha, Nebraska. (laughs) Have you had one yet? I have, yeah. Hey, there you go. Rolled in uh, on Monday. Uh, Ate uh, down the street there somewhere. I don't know. We took a little bus trip over and uh, had myself a nice sirloin, some mashed potatoes. It was good. Uh, Adam Adam (laughs) Mazur, the uh, Big Ten Pitcher of the Year on the podcast with us, the Iowa ace. Looking forward to that conversation with him Drew let's uh let's jump right in. Uh Maryland wins the Big 10. They will be the number one seed here in Omaha for the tournament at Charles Schwab Field. Um, should be a great event. Obviously it will get a underway on Tuesday, but the Terps uh get the championship by virtue of sweeping Purdue 2 to nothing also in combination with Rutgers losing a couple of games in its three game series against Michigan. We saw Maryland up close and personal. Uh, to say the least, over the weekend in West Lafayette, and and man, there is no doubt that Maryland is a deserving squad. The Terps are really, really good. I would argue, Drew, and we we didn't sort of prep this really, but man, they might be the best team we have seen yeah. in in the last fifteen years or so. I mean, that team is is just really good. You know, there are a couple of Indiana teams, Minnesota perhaps Purdue's team in 2012, that might be in that mix. But I don't think we've seen a, a, a an offense as deep and as talented as the one that Maryland has with three really quality weekend pitchers. Yeah. And Maryland looked just fantastic over the weekend against Purdue. Yeah, worth mentioning the Michigan team that went to the national championship and lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, but that team – In that conversation. but Right, but that team during the regular season, we did not anticipate – Yeah. I mean, I think as we sit here right now, like at this point in the season, um, you know, this Maryland team, that that Michigan team obviously got hot in the tournament. And and certainly, as as you said, yeah, deserving of of mention. But I'm not sure if we sat here at this very moment of four years ago or however long that's been now, a few years ago, um, that we would, I guess three years ago, we would be saying that. Yeah. Yeah, the only disappointing part about all this is we you and I had to wait until the last series of the uh a year to understand and realize how good Maryland is, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're really good. Uh you know, from the offense to the pitching and and defense, a uh, Matt Shaw's a pro. I, I, and the sophomore is just outstanding on the offensive side. He played about the best shortstop I've seen. Uh, in a long time in the two games that uh, we watched here uh, in West Lafayette against Purdue. So, uh, you know, top to bottom, we talked a lot in this podcast over the entire season, who's the most balanced team? And I always argued that it might be Rutgers early in the season, but certainly late in the season here as as the the pitching staff of Maryland uh, with Savakul and, and Dean and, and Ramsey. You know, separated themselves from that pitching staff of of Rutgers. I think, and and Maryland by far now is the best all-around team in the Big Ten. They they are deserving of the Big Ten title and and just an outstanding baseball club. So they will have the one seed in this uh, tournament here in Omaha. Of course, they'll take on then number eight seed Indiana. You know we we haven't always seen the one seed cruise through the tournament over the years. Um, you know, maybe we'll see Maryland do that, but there are some other challengers I think um, in this tournament. I think really it's the top four seeds. It is interesting that, that each one of these matchups features teams that didn't play each other on, yeah. on Wednesday in in the regular season. So I think that does add a little bit of, of intrigue. Um, but I, I think you have to say that if, if someone else is to win this tournament, it feels to me like it it will come from Rutgers, Iowa, or Illinois. Could somebody else jump in there? Sure, anything can happen. I think in in one week a team could get hot, but those three teams, uh, Rutgers, Iowa, and Illinois, uh, all I think have what it takes to make a little bit of a run and get a tournament championship. You know, with Iowa, it's just I mean that pitching rotation is expect, especially if Adam Mazer bounces back with Dylan Nedved. Looking like he will be inserted back into the starting rotation for the postseason. I mean, those trio really stack up. If you if you just look at you know Iowa trying to win three games in a row, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, that's a pretty good pretty good trio to be able to do it with. Yeah, I mean, I like Iowa. I think out of those others besides Maryland, who who could make a run at this thing? I. I just feel like Rutgers has struggled against the better competition in the Big Ten, right? They lost the series to Michigan. They lost the series to Maryland. They lost the series to Iowa. Yeah. Uh, so that worries me uh, uh, about mm-hmm. the Scarlet Knights. Um, a- a- and, you know, I went to Iowa and, and saw them firsthand as well. And I just think they're they're solid, um, you know, both on the offensive side and on the pitching mound with Mazer. And Dylan Nedved now coming into that second spot and, and Langenberg, the third starter. I, I think that Iowa's a team uh, that can really make a, a run at this thing. And hopefully, we'll talk about this, I think, here in just a second. Hopefully make it into the NCAA. Right now, if you look at the D1 projections, the D1 baseball projections, they have Iowa listed as one of the first four out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that leads me to believe that uh, this tournament is very important for Iowa to uh, at least win a couple here and and maybe a couple against, you know, the higher tier teams in the Big Ten and, and hopefully make a postseason run. Uh, Rutgers, uh, obviously, there as well. Uh, the Scarlet Knights. The, the thing you, you mentioned that was interesting about, you know, them losing some series against some of the other upper echelon teams in the Big Ten. I, I mean, I knew that, but hadn't put it together sort of, the way you did, but also just not having sort of the, I think the starters are good, but not having that guy that you can just really count on. Yeah. You know, like Maryland has a couple of them, you know, Maser with Iowa, even though he got lit up pretty hard last week against Indiana. I just don't know that they have that guy. And so to me that would be a, a little bit concerning in a tournament setting that you don't have a guy you know that you can throw out there and he's going to really just light somebody up. Right, but I think that's a little bit of a concern now. Illinois, I mean, I think you got to put the Illini in the mix as a possibility because the Illini have really played well down the stretch. I think that getting the sweep of Penn State uh, is is pretty huge. I mean, that's a you know on the road, against a good opponent to go in there and and really take it to the Nittany Lions. I think shows maybe that Illinois is on the upswing here a little bit. And if again, if it gets enough pitching, it certainly has the offense. Yeah, Illinois needs to play like they did. You know, beginning middle of the Big Ten season, and not sort of down the stretch here, I think they they fell off just a bit. But you're right; the last weekend here uh, against Penn State, you know, Penn State's a, a good a good team, right in the middle of the Big Ten, and Illinois was able to get three against them to end the season. So I think that shows that they might be back on that upswing, and, and maybe can can play a couple of good games here in the in the tournament. Let's take a look at some of the day one matchups. As I mentioned. Um, all these teams did not play each other during the regular season, which is just – I mean, that's hard to believe that, that that would happen, but it has. So number three seed, Iowa will play. Number six seed, Penn State in the early game. By the way, uh, there's rain in the forecast all day on Wednesday, which is not great. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to dodge the raindrops. I mean, I think as long as it's just raining and not, like, storming, we should be okay. Um, but we will see. There's actually some rain in the forecast today, Tuesday, as the teams are trying to practice a little bit out there at the field. So, all right, so uh, number three, Iowa, number six, Penn State, number seven, Purdue, against number two, Rutgers, number one, Maryland, in the early evening game against number uh, eight seed, Indiana, and then number four seed, Illinois, against number five seed, Michigan, in the, the late, the very late Eastern time uh, game here in Omaha. Well, let's start uh, just a couple thoughts on Iowa. And Penn State. You would have to assume that Mazer will bounce back. I think he gave up yeah. nine runs and in two innings. And in, what was it? Just a an absolutely bonkers game against Indiana on Thursday. What was the final of that game? Thirty to sixteen? Thirty to twenty? Uh, it might have been more than that. I don't I don't recall. Yeah, it, a, it lot, a lot. A lot. I long. started to lose lose track after a while. Um yeah, thirties. I don't know what it was. I know Iowa scored thirty. Against a Penn State team that you know, he's lost three in a row in that series against Illinois. You would have to imagine that Iowa's got a pretty big edge here. I mean, yeah, I would agree. I I can't foresee us seeing. I didn't I didn't think Mazur had it in him to to have that kind of outing uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, against Indiana,
0: and and so I certainly don't foresee it happening uh, two times in a row. Uh, I think he'll be, bounce back in a strong way and, and probably uh, shut the Nittany Lions down in that first game. Uh, second seed Rutgers against seven-seeded Purdue. Man, Purdue over the weekend against Maryland. I mean, I know Purdue's had some injuries in its pitching staff. It was a really bad matchup, really bad matchup for Purdue, uh, clearly. Outscored 32-14, to 14, I think, in the two games. And so, to me, I think you have to wonder about Purdue's pitching against another good offense in Rutgers. And, you know, I, I just don't know. While Purdue's offense is good, if you don't get the pitching, I, I don't think it can keep up on the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, I think if Purdue's going to take anything away from the, the series against Maryland, is that they did score 14 runs. They scored seven runs. It was seven runs in each game, right? Um, yeah, something like that. Somewhere around there. Um, yeah, seven she runs was, in each game. 14 7 loss in the first game and 18 7 in the second game. Yeah. And, and, and scoring seven runs in a game isn't, I mean, you you can't lower your head on that. You just no. have to score in double digits to beat Maryland. Yes. And, and Purdue <laughs> wasn't able to do that. And you don't have to score double digits to beat every team in the Big Ten. Maryland's that team. So, you know, the offense, I think, is fine for Purdue. I, I just think they need to be able to, you know, Rutgers has a, a very good offense as well. So they need to figure out a way to limit that to single-digit runs. And I think it should be a close game if they're able to do that. Number one seed Maryland versus number eight seed Indiana. Oh boy! Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean for Indiana, if it does not throw strikes in this game and lets Maryland get free passes with walks and and hit batters, this could turn real, real sideways real quick. Well, and just even even falling, you know, even not being able to throw strikes and falling behind batters. Yeah, I mean if you're throwing a fastball over the middle of the plate at a 3-1 count to Chris Aline or Matt Shaw. It's over the fence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's – the likelihood of that going over the fence is very, very high. <laughs> I think – I mean, during, in all seriousness, during the, during the Purdue series there, you felt like a couple of times Bubba Lean was – like, he was going to hit a home run. Like, he would come to the plate and you're just like, this is going to be a home run. How yeah. could it not be? And I think he had three of them, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, that was – I mean, there's very seldom that a guy comes to the plate, and you're like, well, he's going to hit a home run here. <laughs> like, just, you know what I mean? Uh, and not to pick on Purdue too much here, but uh, it was pretty funny when he he did fly out to center and uh, the uh, music person played, uh, <laughs> so you've had a bad day. Yeah, uh, It's Chris He's not a three three bad. Home bad of a day. Not bad. I mean, not that bad. <laughs> he flew out there, but it, I mean, otherwise, he's been pretty good. <laughs> sort of funny. I think everybody got a little bit of a chuckle out of that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, four seed Illinois, five seed Michigan. Uh, I mean, this is a game sort of feels like a toss-up game to me. I know Illinois has played well, but Michigan played better this last weekend. And in a tournament game, you know, anything can happen. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't really have a feel on this one. Do you? Yeah, not really. I mean, this is, I think this is the only game of the weekend, really, you don't have a lean one way or the other. Um, you know, both these teams are, are maybe playing the best they've played in a long time. They, they both had a similar, uh, similar Big Ten season, right? It was, it was up at the beginning. And, you know, Illinois through the beginning, you thought was, you know, possibly could make a run at the Big Ten title. Michigan, you thought could make a run at making an NCAA as an at-large or making a run in this tournament. And then they dip, They both dipped a little bit, and now they're both up. So yeah. uh, I think similar similar schedules, similar clubs, and, and it should be a close game. All right, let's hit our awards, big bat, big arm. Uh, Drew, why don't you start us off with some arms? Uh, I've just got two, and they pitched against each other in the Minnesota-Northwestern series, both with a no decision. The game was decided late. Aiden Maldonado for Minnesota in seven innings, uh, four hits, no runs. He struck out eight, walked three, uh, and against Grant Comstock uh, for Northwestern, six innings, five hits, just a couple of runs, nine strikeouts for Grant and that one for the Wildcats, and those are the two – I have in my grouping. Okay, Riley Goins for Illinois. Six innings, give up a couple of runs, some three hits, no decision against Penn State. He did strike out seven. Connor Tomasek helped his former team out when he pitched on Thursday night for Michigan State, and the former Boilermaker uh, went six and a third innings, five hits, no runs, struck out a couple and walked one as Michigan State. His team now got a victory against Nebraska, which turned out, uh, to be huge in in deciding the last uh, couple of spots for the Big Ten. But I'm going to go to Dylan Nedved, who has bounced between being a starter and being a reliever, and he's been really good in each of those roles for the Hawkeyes. Was a starter over the weekend. We would anticipate he would be a starter here in Omaha and then into the postseason if the Hawkeyes make the NCAA. Six innings, just one hit, no runs. He did walk four but struck out six and getting a victory against Indiana. So Nedved is the big arm for this week. Big Matt who do you got? Uh, let's start in Maryland with the two that we have uh, talked about already this uh, show. Bubba Aleen, uh, six for eight, five runs scored, uh, eight RBIs. He had three home runs, a double, three stolen bases. Wait, Purdue got him out twice? I don't remember that. And he, and he, he bunted. He got a sacrifice bunt. You're going to sack bunt with Bubba Aleen? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh Matt Shaw, uh, his teammate was six for ten. Five runs scored, six RBIs. He had five of those RBIs in one game, game two. A couple of home runs and a couple of doubles for the shortstop. Uh, Over to Michigan, Clark Elliott just had four hits on the weekend, but three of them were home runs. He had five runs scored and six RBIs. Joe Stewart was six for 14. Uh, Four runs scored, seven RBIs, a couple of home runs and a double. Uh, Jack Kelly for Minnesota had six hits on the weekend. Uh, seven runs and seven RBIs, six of those RBIs were in one game. Uh, He had three doubles and two home runs. And for Northwestern, uh, Ruben Fontes uh, had seven hits on the weekend and 10 RBIs. Uh, He had two home runs and a double for the Wildcats. All right, for Illinois, Brandon Comia had six hits, five runs, drove in eight, three doubles and a home run. Max Anderson had a nice weekend for Nebraska. Uh, with eight ribbies on eight hits, a couple of homers, a couple of doubles. Josh Spiegel for Penn State, five of 19, six ribbies, three home runs, six runs scored. Uh, But there was 30 runs scored for Iowa in a a baseball game. Uh, (laughs) Kyle Huxdorf was seven of 13 on the weekend, five runs, 12 runs driven in with three home runs. That's a great weekend. Uh, Most of that was done in one game when the nine-hole hitter for Iowa was six of seven. With 12 runs driven in, four runs scored, he had three home runs. He actually left two guys on base. I think he struck out in that other at-bat. So, yeah, he left two runners on. Uh, but he hit 12 others home. Uh, I think he'll take that production out of the nine hole. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So he is the big bat for this week. All right, let's break. We'll come back. We'll talk to uh, Iowa ace Adam Mazer. That's coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 101.7, The Hammer. Adam Mazur and uh, the Big Ten's ace as well uh, at least uh, according to uh, to the awards released today the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. First of all Adam thanks a ton for coming on the podcast and congratulations as well certainly deserved you had a great season.
1: Thank you very much I really appreciate you having me.
0: So what went well for you this year I mean it seems like uh, you know you transferred into Iowa and uh, really settled in quickly and and had a, a great season and and hopefully you'll be able to keep it going this week.
1: Yeah, um, kind of getting into it and working with Robin right away really helped. Um, just tweaking minor mechanic things really kind of helped propel me forward, and then really just learning my arsenal and how to how to attack hitters with it and learn what what works best for me and, and what are things that I can look forward to. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. You look at your numbers from South Dakota State, and they're okay, but you know they've they've certainly improved in the one year uh, that you've been in Iowa City. What is it that you were able to? I don't know, maybe change yourself into a guy who could really pitch it maybe before you were sort of throwing it a little bit more. However you want to describe it, what what sort of did help you this year?
1: Um, definitely learning how to throw the fastball a little bit more effectively, um, getting more vertical break on it. Um, it was really big for me, and that really kind of helped me pitch up in the zone also um, while spotting up down in the zone. Um, and then adding the changeup, adding the curveball, and just kind of getting the four-pitch mix into it and, and being able to hit all four. Yeah.
0: Is that something you you knew you had somewhere in there it just was a matter of of mastering it all or how do you sort of describe the start of your career compared to where you
1: are now um I knew the fastball was in there um in high school I had a pretty good fastball um and then kind of as I got older and a little bit more put more weight on um the below started to come with it and so yeah I knew that the fastball was going to be there um and change up I really started to develop out this summer um it was Basically, forced to throw it with those guys out there, and you had to have at least three pitches to to get outs. Yeah. Um, and then the curveball was something we kind of started in winter, and just kind of stuck with it. And then one weekend, it it kind of just all clicked, and we um, <laughs> were able to run with that.
0: Yeah. You are a, a taller, slender fellow. <laughs> uh, uh, I like to fashion myself that way. Probably not as accurate anymore <laughs> as it maybe used to be, <laughs> but but with strength always. Um, something that you felt like you had to to gain a little bit of and maybe as you've gotten a little bit older you've been able to fill out a little bit
1: yeah for sure definitely especially coming out of high school, I was like six two six three kind of maybe 150 (laughs) um and now so I've put on 20 to 30 pounds since being in college and so it's definitely been at the forefront for for development for me it's just getting putting on more weight and being able to to continue to move as well as I do and so it's just kind of finding the right balance and but um, looking forward to continuing on weight because I
0: know it's it's kind of the next step for me. That's uh, amazingly similar. Other than I couldn't throw a baseball like you could, but I was also about six foot four, one hundred and forty five pounds when I graduated from from high school. And that's about a hundred pounds ago, unfortunately. Uh, so, did, when you came out of high school, did you have um, a lot of opportunities? What what sort of were your baseball prospects? I, I would imagine that they were okay, but you know, it seems like maybe the potential was more than. Um, what you were showing at that time.
1: Yeah, um, I had a really solid junior year. Um, we had Max Meyer on my my high school team, and he was was really <laughs> really good, really good. <laughs> yeah. um, so when he left, it was my junior year, and so we kind of knew going into that year that there's new pitching um, spots open, and that's kind of when I really decided, hey, pitching could be for me. Um, still played two ways all throughout high school, but really at, at that year, I started to focus a lot more on pitching. Um, had some, some a couple D one looks, but uh, really loved the campus at STSU. Loved yeah. the pitching coach there, and so I felt really comfortable with that decision. Um, and I committed in the fall of my senior year, and so I went out that spring. And the Velo kind of came along with with learning how to pitch a little bit more, and yeah. so definitely could have could have waited and probably could have had some bigger schools sniffing, but. Um, at the time, I was really happy with the decision, and yeah. and I did I did enjoy my time at SDSU. I can't I can't say anything bad about right. it. I, I I learned a lot there, and I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. my time.
0: Yeah, and when you decided to, to transfer, you had some other you know bigger schools um, involved in, in your recruitment, and, and you decided on on Iowa. It seems like it's been a great fit um, with that program. Obviously, you guys have had a great year. What sort of things do you feel like as a team came together for you guys this season and have put you in a position that? You know, hopefully if you do a little bit more work here in Omaha you can get yourself into the NCAA tournament?
1: Um, I definitely think I credit that to our leaders. Um, our senior class has been really good with that. Um, I think we had an even split 22-22 of, of returners and new guys so it was a, pretty much a brand new team this year which yeah. is crazy to think about but um, you know kind of from day one we established a family type culture and so it's been, it's been a really fun feel and just those guys have kind of, kind of laid the groundwork and they've definitely left this place better than, than the way they found it.
0: We talked to your coach Rick Heller earlier this season on the podcast, and you know he felt like you know early in the season everything wasn't coming together yet at the same time. But you guys probably started to hit your stride a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. Now, um, did you feel the same way? Do you feel like you know things did finally start to come together for you guys? Because if you looked at your team like statistically, you did like everything really well, but maybe it wasn't going well all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um... did, you, did you feel like it sort of? At some point, this season started to come together as a team.
1: Yeah, I feel like early on we had we played some tough teams, had some some good competition, which I feel like it's gonna prepare us well for a tournament type feel. Um, and I felt like early on, like we we knew our pitching staff to be really really good, um, but our hitters came out swinging the bats really well. I know that first game against Air Force, I think we put up twelve runs, and then the next day followed up with another solid outing. Um, yeah. So I think we started off with a bang and, and really showed that when we put pitching and hitting together we're we're a dangerous team and then I kind of felt like throughout the season we either we had one or the other Mm -hmm. um and then definitely definitely once Big Ten started I feel like we kind of we all came together and kind of had a meeting and we're just kind of um just like hey we just gotta go out there and play for ourselves or play for each other um just do go out there and do your own job um and let just play as a team and and just kind of come all come together and it was it was really big for us I feel like we we really kind of came together even more than we already were, and um, we're able to kind of kind of string together a lot of series wins, and yeah. um, just that was kind of our mentality: was go out there, win every series, and, and just play good baseball.
0: You talk about roles; yours obviously is to get the team off to a good start. You know, usually on Friday nights during the season, but you have a a good pitching rotation for the weekend, uh, whether it's Connor Schultz or, or Dylan Nedved on on Game Two or Ty Langenberg on Game Three, and. A deep bullpen, it seems like, but how much responsibility do you feel to sort of get things off to a good start uh, for a weekend and sort of set the tone for your
1: team? Um, it's definitely a big responsibility, but I don't, I don't think of it too much as that. I just kind of go out there and, and just give the team a chance to win. Um, if we can get off to a good good start on Friday and, and get a win with that, with a good game um, and just try to save some bullpen arms. And then another thing for me personally is just kind of go out there and, and try to go deeper into the game than the, the opponent's starting guy and yeah. just know that. That I did kind of do a job for that weekend, um, so that's kind of kind of how I attacked the season is just go out there and, and try to give the Iowa guys a chance to win and, and keep the game close.
0: I think you pitched a couple complete games this year at least. Um, came up one out short against Purdue. <laughs> yeah, uh, gave up a couple hits there in the in the ninth inning. But I mean, is that part of the goal? Just to like you said, go as deep as possible. And if you could get a complete game, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, I definitely just kind of from the starting point of just going out there and, and trying to do the job and, and go deep in the baseball game. Um, if the the complete game happens it happens (laughs) but it's not not really in the the forefront of my mind it's more just going out there and getting outs um whether it's strikeouts ground outs fly outs it it doesn't matter to me it's just kind of just getting the three going to take a little rest in the, the dugout and then and then going back out there and getting back to work
0: was there a point this season or maybe even back to the fall where you felt like some of the things that you had been working on were starting to come together
1: i definitely feel like that towards the end of fall um we scrimmaged Iowa Western, the first inning didn't go too well for me, and then the second inning kind of bounced back a little bit, and then that was really what transitioned me, I feel like. It really, really helped me kind of understand I needed to pitch a certain type of way, um, and then it led to the, the mechanical change. And so I feel like it started in the fall and then really carried throughout the season. I feel like it's been, it's been a, a really great change. Yeah.
0: So obviously, you know, you you pitch for for victories and, and and things like that, both you know for yourself and obviously for the team. Uh, but you get the the award from the the Big Ten. What was that uh, like hearing that today?
1: That was really cool, and it was really cool, kind of to have the the team around. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool to share it with them, and just can definitely feel the love from each and every guy. And um, you know, it's it's a personal award, but it also speaks to the team and it shows that like it, it's more than just what i did this season it's, it's definitely a, a yeah. team award
0: okay so thursday last thursday the wind was blowing like 40 <laughs> miles an hour i understand there and in, in iowa city yeah it was what crazy. was it like to uh to try to the pitch uh in 40 mile an hour wind uh blowing out of course uh in a game that uh it was rough for you and Turned a little bit turned a little bit crazy there between you and Indiana.
1: Yeah, um it was it was honestly a really fun game. Um, not <laughs> not the outcome I personally wanted, but was happy with how our yeah. our offense responded because they went out there and, and had the same traditions and they, they did incredible things. I mean yeah. Kyle had a, a once in a lifetime game yeah. and it was it was really cool <laughs> to be a part of it and to kind of see it in person. Um, it definitely makes you execute a lot better um really makes you focus in on, on yeah. what you're trying to throw and, and hit your spots um and if you don't obviously good things are gonna happen to the other <laughs> team um so it was it was good i feel like i don't know every pitcher kind of gets roughed up in the season and if that's that's when my time is that's where my time is um yeah. kind of just flush it and get back to work and, and get ready for the big 10 tournament
0: what do you guys feel like you have to get done um this week to try to make a good run and then you know hopefully you'll be on the right side of the bubble there uh when the bracket is released
1: yeah um i mean honestly at this point not too worried about the regionals just kind of take care of take care of business here at the big 10 tournament and let the rest play out as it may um you know we're just really attacking it one game at a time we're really getting ready for penn state and and getting that getting ready for tomorrow um and then kind of once that game's over kind of flush it and then get ready for the next one kind of just take a, a one game at a time approach yeah
0: Well, hey, Adam, appreciate the time. Uh, Best of luck uh, here in Omaha, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in that regional as well.
1: Sounds good. Thank you very much.
0: All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with the weekend rotation. We'll do that coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 101.7, The Hammer. All right, Drew, let's hit our weekend rotation. The items that we are talking about going into the weekend, the Big Ten uh, conference, all-conference teams were announced uh, on Tuesday. Adam Mazur, Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, Chris Aline, the Player of the Year, and Rob Vaughn, the Maryland Head Coach, the Coach of the Year. Uh, We talked a little bit about Mazur. I thought maybe there was a chance here, Drew, after the bad start last week that Ryan Ramsey could sneak in there. Um, I think you felt like Ramsey might just win it straight out. Yeah, I, I mean, I did. I, I, I You know, if, if you look at the – the if you look at just purely stats, Ramsey's 10-0. He didn't lose. He has a better ERA than Mazur. Uh Not as many strikeouts. And he does have the perfect game, though. And, uh, you know, uh, the opponent yeah, – I, thought the, I, per- I thought the perfect game would put him over the edge. So did I. And I'm not taking anything away from Mazer. He was – Fantastic. Yeah. So this isn't like a uh, Mazer didn't deserve it type of thing. He absolutely deserving uh, of the award. I just thought Ramsey may have had the edge uh, just based on his undefeated record uh, and the perfect game. I mean, what was what it? I, I think you said in the it was only like the third perfect game in the Big Ten history, right? Um, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it could be, uh, it was only like the 30 something ever, ever in like the NCAA. I think that's where I got the three. Yeah. That's what you said. 30 something in the NCAA. I wonder if it hurt. I wonder if it hurt Ramsey at all, not pitching over this last weekend. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, he probably spit splits of votes with Jason Savakul, I I would guess. uh, Yeah. I think those were the three Savakul led the big 10 in ERA and had 109 strikeouts on the season, which led the big 10, also, so I think those are the three that competed, and you're probably right to split votes between the two for Maryland. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, you know, Chris Aline was great. Um, 20 home runs, 20 steals, which you just don't see very often in 50-something yeah. games at the collegiate level. But we talked about it over the weekend about, you know, whether he was our guy, and I think we both sort of thought that he was. I mean, he's, he was really good. Um, and a guy we did not maybe expect to be back in the Big Ten this year, uh, but he is because he he did not move on professionally last year. But man, it seems like he probably will now. He was he was really good. Yeah, I think it's those little things that, that sort of put you over the edge against anybody else in the Big Ten. The twenty three stolen bases, which was third in the league, um, you know, that just adds uh, another layer uh, to the resume for him, and, and it's just hard to compete. Uh, there were some other good players in the Big Ten, obviously with uh, Rutgers and Nick Smillo. and. And Matt Shaw his you know, Aline's teammate. Um, But I think those little things like the stolen bases just propel him uh, over the top. So topic number two, Purdue and Indiana get those last two spots in the Big Ten tournament. Purdue got in when it did not play on Saturday. There was a threat of rain all day on Saturday. It really did look like it was going to rain. And really neither coach wanted to warm up a pitcher in such a critical game, especially for Purdue and then have that pitcher have to sit, like, immediately after. Um, So Purdue gets in. Indiana gets in into that eight spot, um, sort of slides in there. I mean, for Nebraska and Northwestern, who did not get in, they had some opportunities uh, this weekend. I mean, Purdue did open the door uh, for those teams, and really, Drew, was the two games on Thursday night that hurt both Northwestern and Nebraska. Yeah, I I just feel like if you are if it's the last weekend of the it's, – it's important to win that first game of any series, you know, at the beginning of the Big Ten season, middle, and whenever. But when it's at the end of the Big Ten season, there's so many different scenarios that are tossed around and they involve you needing to win games. I think getting that first victory on Thursday yeah. you know, is extremely important because that changes the scenarios moving forward for the rest of the weekend. And, and I just think it hurt both those clubs to lose that Thursday game even though they still had a, you know, a, a chance to, to make the tournament. Uh, just putting yourself in that, in that bind uh, yeah. is tough for a club. All right, what are you watching this weekend? Uh, obviously, the big Ten tournament, uh, yeah. I will be here. But I think in particular for me, Drew, watching Illinois and Iowa, can either one of those teams make a run and boost their resume uh, toward the NCAA tournament? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that. I think if there is going – If there is going to be an upset in this first round of games, who's it going to be? And I think that I would point to Purdue as that team who could upset Rutgers. I don't think Penn State's going to beat Iowa. I don't think Indiana's going to beat Maryland. And whoever wins out of Illinois and Michigan is not an upset. So I think if there is going to be a team that surprises anybody, it might be Purdue. So I'll keep an eye on that one um, against the Scarlet Knights. And then that Maryland-Indiana game is – just, I think it's a terrible matchup, so it might be fun to watch. Yeah. All right, uh, will be a great tournament. I'm happy to be here in Omaha. Perhaps I'll make it a longer stay. We'll see uh, what Purdue does. Uh, so that'll do it for this podcast for this week. Of course, we'll be back next week to set up the NCAA tournament and recap uh, the Big Ten tournament as well. Uh, all right, uh, for Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Yeah.